0: I'm Alexis, and I'm Kim, and this is the What You Watching podcast. And this week we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and this is going to be interesting because I think Kim, you, and I fall on slightly different sides of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're kind a little, of little. There's slant, some common I guess. ground, yeah. There's yeah. some common ground, but you know we're. Were this isn't maybe... Babylon we're talking about Yeah, exactly this isn't like the I hated it I loved it <laughs> kind of situation <laughs> I hated it <laughs> top 10 exactly worst of the year best <laughs> of the year yeah. um which is kind of reflective of this movie that both of us are like well yeah all right you know about it um so let's like I'll just say from the beginning I had fun with this movie um mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's great but I, it's definitely way too long. Like, it's way too long. Easily yeah. a half an hour too long. Very bloated. Um, Yeah, super bloated. There's times where I was like, okay, and cut. And let's yeah. go to the next scene. All right. And let's move it along here. Um, But I think that a lot of the things that I think bothered people about it, like, they didn't bother me as much cuz I think I don't have the same nostalgia for Indiana Jones. I mm-hmm. I think for me like I love those movies. It's like with Back to the Future. Some people like that is like their bible. That's like the most important thing. And I'm like, yeah, those movies are great, but I don't have this like I watch them every single year and I think about them all the time and I have posters of them and stuff. So I feel kind of like that with Indiana Jones. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I feel like for the entire franchise i'm just kind of like oh fun action adventure movies so i don't feel like i put as much like maybe weight on them as as other people do and rightfully so because i mean they're great movies um and i mean from from such filmmakers and from such you know like there it's this is a a sort of prestigious kind of thing in a way um i think uh that allows me to kind of have enough sort of distance from this to just be like, oh, it's a fun little action adventure thing with like silly chase sequences and, you know, goofy MacGuffins and things like that. Um, But I I also fully understand people that are like, this is not in the spirit of Indiana Jones. So, so Kim, let's start with like, so what did you think of this movie? What, what was the good? What was the bad? What was the stuff that you felt like let you down here?
1: This is not in the spirit of Indiana Jones. I'll I'll start with that. (laughs) So I am one of those people. I think I was raised with the populist film-going parents. My childhood was Indiana Jones, was Back to the Future. you know, It was Timothy Dalton James Bond when I was far too young. Indiana Jones. I was a bit young for Temple of Doom, but Last Crusade we saw in theaters. Temple of Doom was one of the was that movie that introduced me to like the classic Hollywood stuff. Kate Capshaw doing Anything Goes and that. See, so, you know that still sticks with me, and that still I know it gets a lot of hate. Temple of Doom, you know, my favorite. I felt myself getting angrier and angrier. As I sat through watching this film, as it ended, I I sat there after the theater and I'm like, this is just going to get worse for me as I sit on this movie. This is not there's because, you know, this there's sometimes movies where you percolate on and it gets a little better. And then there's sometimes where it gets a whole heck of a lot worse. And this is one that's just sitting on it afterwards was not a good
0: thing for this film. Where the things that annoy you just get amplified and you're like- It just get yeah. amplified. <laughs> totally. You're like, well, that didn't make sense. And then like the next day you're like, I can't even believe they didn't put like this in there. That that made no sense. There was no reason for this. And you start to like get more angry as you think about what they mm-hmm. should have done or what they could have done with the story or with the scene or with whatever. And you're like, if I could think of this, why didn't they think of this? <laughs> my, my
1: review was over a thousand words. And that's when you know- that you really, you know, there's been very few films where it's gotten to be over a thousand words of just aggravation, you know, (laughs) vitriol writing on a film. I mean, so the good, I, I called out in the film, the good, the performances. I think the performances by far and away were the best part. Phoebe Waller-Bridge does exactly what Phoebe Waller-Bridge does. I like her. I'm not as in love with her as some. I mean, she's the Katherine Hepburn type. She's a little, she's brassy. She's mouthy. She's, what really pulled me back from her was, not been completely out of her control, the Disney of it all. Mm-hmm. As I'm watching this, I'm going, oh, they're going to set her up for a series. You can, yeah. she's going to quip her way through, you know, Egypt in the '70s, and she'll have Helena. I can already see the logo. You know, Disney's <laughs> planning it. Totally. Uh, Matt's Mickelson, the man's always a delight. He did. I don't think he had enough to do here, but evil, evil Werner Von Braun type scientist. This is a Nazi scientist. This was a role he was born to play totally I he's would great. have I would watch him read the phone book. It was the same thing here. I just wish he had more to do. I felt like True. they definitely tempered him down. I mean, and getting to Harrison Ford, I know we've Harrison Ford he's a legend he's an a-lister. I think when the film pulls back a bit and lets him just be him, the simpler mm-hmm. shot's him and a camera you know the stuff him without the computer where he just gets to be himself on Mm a basic level playing this character that he clearly loves to play there's no one better yeah but I think he has an uphill battle here he is has to work with a lot of clunky freaking technology yeah that de-aging portion I do not know what people saw that they were complimenting because that looked like The most
0: awful video game cutscene. It was such an uncanny valley. It felt really inconsistent. There's a couple shots, like that shot they use in the trailer, where It's clearly like, okay, this is a shot for the trailer. It's going to look really great. We're going to really have, like, we're going to take our time and really make this great. And then there's a couple other shots where you get this kind of, like, rubbery, like, Snapchat filter looking kind of thing over it, Mm -hmm. where you're like, eh, I don't know. This just doesn't quite line up right. And then it's like, it's him de-aged, but then, like, it's Toby Jones de-aged. It's like, I don't know, it's, the whole thing starts to feel really artificial in a way that feels counter to Indiana Jones, because I think we all remember like the practical aspects of those movies. And so now, and I think this was kind of the same criticism with Crystal Skull where it was like everything just felt so digital that it loses the kind of movie magic of the Indiana Jones movies. And I do think there was a little bit of time during that opening sequence where i was kind of like oh this is like this just feels like every other movie it doesn't really feel like an indiana jones movie because it does feel so digital and so artificial in that way
1: it was poorly conceived digital and artificial too i mean they're oh we de-aged him he still talks like 80 year old harrison ford that is not how harrison ford sounded 35 years ago yeah there was a section where i think in the last shot of the de-aged he walks off with toby jones he's he's got the 80 year old man hunch there it wasn't quite as dead behind the eyes as we've seen some of those be but this was nowhere near michael douglas and ant-man this was nowhere near kurt russell and guardians of the galaxy those samuel l jackson and captain marvel those Mm -hmm. have shown what we can do totally with the de-aging this was a lot of cojones from these filmmakers to yeah. go we're gonna do this looks so freaking great we're gonna give our first 25 minutes of the film to this dh yeah.
0: and on uh, 25 it, that it really bad. did feel i mean that's the thing too that sequence is way too long also yeah. like it'd be one thing if we had okay there's like a few minutes of this it's this little action moment we have Use a couple stuff couple pieces of him de-aged. <laughs> yeah but instead it was like it felt like wow this is this is a significant chunk of this movie and not in Mm -hmm. the way that a typical opening of an Indiana Jones where it's kind of right into the action and we're doing fun adventure stuff. Like it started to drag even though it's a, a fun, like exciting scene um just because it again it's like everything in this movie feels like they didn't go to the next step with editing like they were so in love with every frame of it that they were like well let's keep it and it's like but you don't have to you could yeah. cut this movie down to under 2 hours and it would probably be really fun because a lot of the things that annoy you wouldn't just linger and annoy you for so long but instead when you have where it's a scene that you're like this isn't really working for me and there's another 12 minutes of it yeah. it starts to be where you you notice it a lot more and you go like okay yeah i'm not like this is this is taking way too long to get to where we're going
1: yeah suddenly a punchy scene starts to show its struggles yes you start to see all the problems and that editors are not a bad thing and i wish hollywood would realize this because yeah There's no reason that this film should be two and a half hours. If they leaned into some of the emotion of it, you know, made it a conclusion, but they did. This is Toy Story 4 all over again. It drives me insane when this particular studio does this because they'll go, oh, because with Toy Story 4, they've released all the articles and, oh, we're so emotional. There's so much emotion around this closure. You had closure in toy story three toy Mm -hmm. story four is is just a shallow cash grab Mm
0: -hmm. this
1: is not in the grand scheme of things this is not closure really they try for some emotion with mutt it falls Mm -hmm. flat they save any emotion for Indy until the last five minutes I I guess we have closure to his story but like I said in my review you could pull him out and replace him with Robert Downey Jr and this is an Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. There's nothing here aside from the fan service moments that really grounds this in feeling like Indiana Jones to me.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's fair. To me it was interesting because when I came out of it, I was kind of like, well, this feels sort of like National Treasure or like one of those kinds like of movies. No, so but much like more. you know what I mean though? Like National <laughs> Treasure is that's a fun movie. It's a fun it action adventure yeah. movie, but it doesn't feel like it has the prestige level of an Indiana Jones movie. It's a box office. It's a box. Yeah, it's office, just though. a fun action adventure yeah. movie. And I think that was kind of where like for me, I was like, oh, OK, it's a fun action adventure movie, kind of like National Treasure. It's like that. But I I think if I had gone into it with the expectation that like this will be, you know, like equal to an Indiana Jones movie, mm-hmm. I think I, I understand why people are totally disappointed who kind of right. went in with. Indiana Jones it's like if you watch like a a disappointing Star Wars thing and you go like but this is Star (laughs) Wars it's supposed to be better but if you just watch it as like a hey this is a fun little space thing it's like it's sort of fine but it doesn't live up to like the prestige of the title but then for me I was also like yeah but after Crystal Skull like maybe the the bar for Indiana Jones is not as high anymore so much that just felt lacking
1: Mm -hmm. And had they not tried to make this Indiana Jones serviceable box office film, you know, Mm -hmm. have this be a completely separate spinoff for Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Yeah, we can classify that. Ultimately, playing in nostalgia like this, you're going to come up with these associations. Is it fair to hold Dial of Destiny up to Raiders of the Lost Ark, one of the greatest films ever made? The rest of this franchise, maybe it's not. James Mangold is a heck of a journeyman director, but he's not an auteur yet. Mm -hmm. I was missing throughout. I know John Williams is credited. This is what's going to be his last film. Mm -hmm. I did not hear John Williams. You know, John Williams
0: has its own associations. You heard kind of the themes and it felt like somebody remixing, like going, hey, we have this John Williams library to pull from, but- you know, it it didn't necessarily feel like brand new John Williams, like the specific beats where we had like the indie theme was where it was like, oh, this is what these movies were. Yeah. And then the rest was kind of like, and this is more generic action adventure, kind of whatever, you know, it didn't yeah. have Which, that same level.
1: It was like during that t- tuk-tuk or go-kart or whatever it was, that chase scene where you would, you would hear that like a little bit mm-hmm. and then it would disappear. The only time that I noticed that you got that full riff, the legendary Indiana Jones music. He's driving up to Antonio Banderas's boat. The most mm-hmm. mundane, simple, basic moment. And that's really, it's kind yeah. of symbolic of this movie for me.
0: It's basic, it's mundane, and it's simple. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. I fully understand that perspective because I do mm-hmm. think this movie is very watered down and generic. Um, yeah. Uh, somebody, I, I, somebody in a TikTok comment was like, "Yeah, but Crystal Skull, you know, like at least had whatever." And it's like Crystal Skull was weird in a way yeah. that was a big swing. This doesn't necessarily even feel like it's a big swing. It's just sort of like a okay, you know, here's here's the things that we okay. think kind of test well and the things we think will work. And I think sometimes it's that's Disney. fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Film it's making by that- focus group. Yeah. It's that kind of generic Disney kind of like, well, you know, this, you might have fun with it, but it's not going to be like a movie you remember for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I think that was the thing. It's not for an Indiana Jones movie. It's not particularly memorable. And one thing I will say for Crystal Skull, like memorable, not necessarily in a good way, but like the Tarzan thing, Kate Blanchett yeah. with the aliens, you know, burning her brain out and stuff. Like there are things that are so weird that they're memorable, not necessarily like It's, it's not great. It's memorable, like yikes, but you do remember them. Whereas this, I think like, you know, a a week later, you're kind of like, what else happened in that movie? It's, it doesn't stick with you as much. I am not a crystal skull apologist far
1: from it. I might, you know, I even said this in my review, crystal skull took chances, crystal Mm -hmm. skull. It was weird. It was wacky. It was strange it took some chances. It took a swing. This was too afraid to take any, the biggest swing comes in the last act, which I wasn't thrilled with either. Can we, can we make an effort? Can we try and tap into something beyond the most basic A-list story, you know, storytelling coming through the lens
0: of four writers? I mean, Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the sort of nostalgia in this? Because I was wondering about that. I felt like going into this, I thought it was just going to be references every 20 seconds and like basically no Mm -hmm. plot, just here's the thing you recognize. Look at the hat. Look at the whip. Look at the thing. Here's this thing from before. Like I thought it was basically just going to be completely packed with like I spy a bunch of shit from other movies. Right. Um and I didn't feel that as much as I thought I would, which to me I was like this is incredible restraint that they're not just every 10 seconds doing a reference to something else. I mean they certainly were in there especially that sort of opening train sequence was very like remember this remember yeah. you know um but I think I expected a lot more of that nostalgia milking and I was blown away that it didn't right. do that to the extent I think you know we've seen so many um of these legacy sequels and stuff that have done this kind of like it's literally just references I feel like that was one of my problems with the Mario movie was it was a lot of just right. generic like hey look here's this here's an 80s song here's whatever like it didn't feel like the story mattered with this I was like okay there's a plot they have to do a thing they, there's a MacGuffin there's a there's like a quest to do a thing mm-hmm. it didn't just feel like nostalgia But I also don't have that much nostalgia for this. How did you, as someone who is like way more keyed into Indiana Jones, did you feel like this was milking the nostalgia a lot or did you feel like it kind of was trying to do its own thing in some places? Truthfully,
1: I felt like this was a completely unrelated and unrelated script that they dropped Indiana Jones in. There, there are the there's the fan servicey moments Sala being in there you know Marion being in there there's there's the scene with the whip uh there's a few scenes in the final act where the uh, final act and a half that felt definitely pulled out of Last Crusade truthfully to me that felt like they went oh we got to make this feel like Indiana Jones sprinkle it in there you know it's oh well This, like, this scene probably wasn't even written, but somebody went, oh, Indy did this in Raiders, so he can Mm -hmm. do that here. I was a little more clued into it there, where I was like, oh, okay, you know, this, okay, this feels a bit like Indy, but the cynical jerk that I am, it's, if there would have been more, I might have been, at least might have felt a bit more like an indie movie for me. Someone like you, I know you, you hate the nostalgia baitings. I really do. (laughs) It
0: would have pulled you completely out of it. I'm like, sorry, Disney, you can't win. You either do it too much and (laughs) I hate it or you do it too little and people that want it hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a sign that we shouldn't just keep making legacy sequels like this. (laughs) Let
1: their pay your writers Create, there's new ideas out there. You're not going to win nostalgia baiting like this because it's ultimately it's not fair to expect James Mangold to yeah. create something that lives up to a classic that was really has 40 like years an ago, an 80s summer. Steven
0: Spielberg movie.
1: Like, yeah, you're, that's a tall order for anybody. <laughs> Steven Spielberg at his flippin' peak. You know, yeah. that's there's very few people who understand magic on celluloid like True. steven spielberg what it, what i said about the Fablemans and everything that's happened since fabelman's opinion
0: still stands <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean he's not steven, amazing in other ways we steven just didn't spielberg like the between 1977
1: to <laughs> 2003 very few people better totally this is so separated that it's like i why set it up well why not get him back why not do yeah this setting this movie up for failure down to a title like dial of destiny you know they're and i wanted to say okay they're leaning into their serial roots but crystal skull leaned into the 1940s wacky Mm b-list serial of it all Maybe they got scared. Maybe this is Crystal Skull is the last Jedi to Star Wars' Rise of Skywalker. It could be they pissed off the fan base so much by taking a big swing that they went back to the
0: thoroughly and completely mundane. That's totally possible. <laughs> yeah. That that does it does feel a bit that way. I don't think it's like to me, this is not an Jedi really a good film. But yeah, this is like this is not like Rise of Skywalker bad, <laughs> but it's like it's not great. It doesn't live up yeah. to, you know, what it should. Let's just like so we have we've kind of peppered in spoilers throughout this, but at this point we're going full mm-hmm. spoilers. We're talking about plot points, we're talking about things. So What did you think of the time travel piece of this? Because I know one of the biggest criticisms of Crystal Skull was like, why are there aliens? This kind of, this level of supernatural stuff doesn't feel like it fits in an indie thing. Even though indie movies always have like a little bit of stuff like that in it. Did you feel like in this, the time travel aspect was too sort of wacky and too, like just too much? Um, I did a little bit feel that way, but I was kind of like, well is this any dumber than anything else we do in these movies? But I think it was the execution of it felt a little, like a little cheesier to me. Maybe.
1: I thought the execution was piss poor. Um, (laughs) I at the truthfully, I got to the point at the end where I was like, okay, how much worse that it could it get? Once I saw them go, go towards the time. Oh shit. They better not leave them there. I said, Oh God, if they, if he stays there, I'm going to be livid. So at least they didn't do that. I had that same thought. I was like, Oh no, is that where this is going? (laughs) I secretly wonder if there was, I mean, there's all those spoilers there about reshoots and they test it and people went, what? And then they were like, Oh, uh... (laughs) this movie was so damn expensive and there are rumors that reshoots happened. I wonder if they left him there and it didn't go well. She she they left him there. She took the hat, she puts on the hat at the end and
0: walks away. That did I feel wondered, like that was where it was headed. I I because I fully expected her to be like, and now I'm Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah. And like for that to not happen, I was like, okay, someone made the right call somewhere of not just straight up doing the thing we all thought they were gonna do with yeah. this.
1: They once they get to the Tro, I guess not Trojan, P- Syracuse. I yeah. don't know the history. I won't <laughs> pretend to. That's where it really felt Marvel to me. Yes. This felt like Mar. This felt like a fucking Marvel movie. Yeah, for lack of, and we always get back there. And I'm sorry, listeners. And but it, it's we because that's like the most there.
0: influential thing in. Giant blockbusters, right now, yeah. you know. Every blockbuster starts to feel that way because that's what everybody's sort of shooting for. That kind of mm-hmm. made the formula for these things. And I, I felt like when they were going through the like time rift thing, and then they're like, oh, we're on this battle, and it's just this big CG thing. And I, I it did start to feel like, oh no, is this going to be like those Marvel things where it's just like CG shit being mm-hmm. flung at each other, and we have to get to a Which thing, it and then <laughs> yeah, and then somebody stops and says like, hey, and does a quip in the middle of the battlefield. And like, I was worried that it was going to just become completely Marvel. And I think it did sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think Harrison Ford just like, is able to elevate things in a way that like, perhaps this movie doesn't deserve. (laughs) you know like but he's able to do it in a way that you're like oh thank god Harrison Ford's here to like hold a close up and you know express emotion <laughs> and be like a real actor and a movie star in a way that these movies you know don't usually have
1: yeah that whole portion I, I when they're in the tomb i'm like okay this feels like indie but then and then the plane i'm like okay at least i get to watch mads mickelson <laughs> and then they go through the time rift and and I'm watching yeah. with my sister, and I hear her go, "That's not 1939." I'm like, "Oh God!" <laughs> and it's, it's. <sighs> I mean, there's always been the sprinkling of the supernatural throughout. I mean, the first one's "The Ark of the Covenant" for crying out loud. It's you got the culty weirdness in "Temple of Doom." That stuff is there, but they are always at least rooted in, yeah. A very loose. I'm. I'll, I'm going to use this term. People might hate this. A loose ancient aliens type of. Yeah. Reality. There's the specter of something else there on a different plane, but indie never quite gets there. Yeah. And this felt like such a departure, and I think that was part of it. Where it's like this is a different franchise. You guys used a Marvel script and threw indie in it, didn't you? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. this was this a throwaway Moon Knight script? I mean, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, it's because- almost like you can feel it starting to get more watered down. Yeah, like the kind of that indie like formula and that like the essence of an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. You can you can feel it getting thinner and thinner and getting more watered down and more generic as it as it goes. And then you're like, oh, this is like this is like a diet Coke version of this. And it starts it's, to be like, oh, okay. Like we've lost that original recipe, Indiana Jones somewhere along the line here. And yeah, by, by the end, it was a little like, oh, so this is, this is a generic movie that has Indiana Jones in it mm-hmm. more so than an Indiana Jones movie.
1: I mean, four writers, the quality of the movie is inversely proportional to the amount of writers on the <laughs> script. Four writers, two of the guys on there did what the Tom crew, what, were for tomorrow the emily tom Mm -hmm. cruise yeah yeah which i've heard is a good film i have not Mm -hmm. i'm not knocking that film i've heard that's a very good film but the, i mean the roots of that ending kind of felt there this movie wanted to be especially in that end it wanted to be so sci-fi and it had they crafted it different but so much of this movie just felt like missed swings yeah. If they really had been thinking, why did we not have more Harrison Ford and the dirty hippies?
0: You know, I, I would have loved to see Indy get I off my lawn. I expected so much more of that too. Yeah. I yeah. just kept thinking we're doing this. It's 1969. Harrison Ford is already like a grumpy old man. Like, yeah. wouldn't it be incredible if they really leaned into that? Because I think he's so funny in that way. Mm-hmm. And you could really get such good like humor and character growth and all these interesting things out of that. And I I thought there would be way more of that too, of the kind of clashing of cultures of this guy who is a relic who belongs in a museum like clashing with sort of the space age and the modern and all that stuff and then it was just kind of like oh like yeah it's here and then it was like well never mind because now we're going to morocco and now we're doing this other stuff and now you know it's like it felt like in a way taking him out of that and and going to the globe hopping it kind of just made it where it was like yeah but we don't like really get any of the character he just has to basically be the same guy only here we don't like he's older he's visibly older we know Harrison Ford's older let's maybe do more with that and it felt like they were kind of like they started to and then they like he's retiring there's these these things where it's like clearly we're acknowledging there's been a passage of time and then they were like well get the hat and the whip because we're off to an adventure and it was like but he's 80 do we want to talk about the fact that he's 80 like (laughs) we probably should because I actually think you could probably get some really interesting story stuff out of that had they approached it with some realism, perhaps.
1: And but there there were multiple stunts where you could see it's like he'll he'll start to throw the punch and then they'll connect and you'll you'll see the the CG Indy for yeah. a moment. And it was just such clunky effects work. It's like, okay, yeah, you're exactly right. We're just pretending he's yeah. Old guy's rule, you know, oh oh 80-year-old indie could do all this without breaking a hip. Yeah. Okay, that's it needed the Yeah, the character gets completely thrown aside, mm-hmm. and I very much felt like he was sprinkled into the own mo- his own movie. The retirement stuff was legitimately interesting. Mm-hmm. That moment where he takes the clock and he just throws it at the homeless, you know, the the person, the homeless person, the hippie mm-hmm. on the street. It's like that's an insight into this man. This man mm-hmm. is not
0: going to want to retire. But His after life, Luke Skywalker, we're too afraid to have any of our heroes from the past have different character traits yeah. because the internet didn't like what happened with Luke Skywalker. So Indiana Jones has to be 80 years old and still doing fun, exciting adventures and punching people in the same way that he would when he was 40. They wanted some emotion there. I
1: mean, you can, but they didn't want to show any of it. Mm-hmm. It's once again this particular studio. Not wanting to show any emotion in their characters. His marriage has just collapsed. He's being forced into retirement. Mm-hmm. He's a relic. Time has passed. This is they very deliberately set it in time for the moon landing, which is the beginning of a new stage in science, and then completely drop it. Yeah. They're the mutt thing. We don't, I mean, I'm Mutt not died on mutt. the way
0: back to his home planet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they desperately want that to be emotional and harrison ford harrison ford bless him does what he can to sell it but it's such a throwaway moment and there's some legitimate power there too if they would have actually done something you know mutt going to nom and you know he went to nom everybody Mm -hmm. and but they don't it's like real quick, okay, we're all back to normal and to another action scene. They don't let us
0: sit with those characters at all. They're too afraid to let us feel things. Yeah, it's like they had kind of the first- half of an indiana jones movie and yeah. then they also found a generic action adventure script and then they went like well we could just merge these two things right like that's probably we why they're probably four just writers. stick them together yeah it was like well i have this indiana jones idea and then i found this thing about an archimedes dial and time travel and i think we could just mush those into one script because mm-hmm. the the tone of the first bit feels very different from later parts. And I think it's once that kind of globe hopping stuff starts, it just kicks into action adventure mode, but that's not really what they've set up in the beginning with this character. So yeah, yeah, I could see where that, that is a frustrating, like, kind of contrast. And again, that's part of, too, why the movie's so long. Because it seems like they start doing this setup of this character, and then the fact that they abandon that setup kind of makes it where it's like, well, then why did we even have that in there? And that's, I think that's good stuff, but, like, why is it even in there if we're not going to really go with it? It's one of many scenes that it's, like, but why could this be cut the entire Antonio Banderas thing? I love Antonio Banderas, but it was like, what is the point of this? What is this adding that entire sequence? I was just like, so this is just a thing we did for like no real reason to just throw another like 30 minutes onto this movie. Like I don't, the, the movies that are two and a half hours long, like Hollywood, we need to have a talk. Because I do not want to watch a bunch of two and a half and three hour movies that could be easily 90 minute movies. You know, like anything that could easily be two hours at the most, like we're good. You don't have to throw more stuff in. I feel like I got my money's worth if I watched a nice movie, not if I spent all day in a movie theater and my kidneys feel like they're going to explode. Pace and tone is a
1: thing. I mean, they were struggling so that that Antonio Banderas scene, I'm assuming it's a bridge to get from part one to part two. I mean, I know my sister went. So why is what got to the point? She wanted to sell it, and now she wants to look. What changed her? Yeah. Helena makes a huge leap there, and I mean, Phoebe Waller Bridge tries, but she doesn't really set it up. Mm-hmm. There's a, one minute she's the plucky villain type you know oh I'm gonna work mm-hmm. with the bad guys and sell the dial to I want to work with Indy you know I yeah. found my fa-. there's no development there with her either and Antonio Banderas getting fourth billing for 20 minutes of screen time to maybe 20 lines At most, and that seek you know, okay, we have the mutt stuff in there. It's a good moment to get Helen and you know, Indy together to talk and have a heart to heart. Mm -hmm. Great, and then you, but then you've got again one of the most poorly constructed underwater sequences. No, but why are we continuing to do underwater sequences when our name is not James Cameron?
0: For real. I think it should be just the kind of thing, like an unwritten rule of like, is your name James Cameron? Then you can do underwater. Yeah. If your name is not James Cameron, do not attempt this because you are not going to live up to that level. Like, I'm scared for Aquaman. I know they're still gonna do Aquaman. I don't know why, but whatever. It's fine. I'm not gonna object to more Jason Momoa. But like do you think that we should still be doing that after Avatar? Do you think that that's wise, Hollywood? They, uh,
1: maybe the only purpose of that sequences was for the clumsy eels, snakes. Why did it have to be, you know, we needed yeah. that fan servicing moment. As soon as they went, oh, it's eels. I'm like, oh, shit, they're doing a snakes joke. Okay. It's
0: like, you know, it's <laughs> so so that's nerd- why we're doing yeah, where you're like, okay, I get, like, we have to do it, but did we have to have 25 minutes of setup to get to it? It was worse than
1: Little Mermaid, and I was very hard on the underwater stuff in Little Mermaid. We're shooting it so dark to hide the flaws, and nothing about it looks
0: real, and... <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's unwise to attempt after <laughs> Avatar. Like, it's just unwise to even attempt it. My standards for these huge movies are really low now because Mm -hmm. everything feels so generic um, that I think I liked this more than your average generic thing because I felt like there were more, there were more moments where I thought oh that's kind of fun than the average generic gigantic movie, Um, but it also is very much a, a, just a generic sort of blockbuster movie. And I think in that sense, it's it's disappointing as an Indiana Jones movie,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it's fine as like a, you know, hey, this is a big, you know, $400 million action adventure with tons of CGI and set pieces and all this stuff. Like in that sense, I was like, well, it's fine. But for an Indiana Jones movie, it, it doesn't live up to that. There's <laughs> a delineation there. A 400 400- or
1: what a 395 yeah the the 300 million dollar budget that belongs in an indiana jones film but that did not you could steven spielberg give him 300 million dollars and a good script Mm -hmm. that would be fascinating to watch let the men who created indie Mm -hmm. bring him to a close Mm -hmm. with 300 million dollars that could be an experience this like you said was You said National Treasure level. I put this below National Treasure because I legitimately enjoyed. Remove Indiana Jones from this. Remove Sala from this. This is a B-level, made-for-TV movie quality film. Throw in a couple B-list actors in there. Give it a smaller budget. You could have a solid hit there, but Mm -hmm. the quality of this film as it hits the screen of course it's not going to make its money back. They're, yeah. They gave it $300 million on the vestige of it getting Indiana Jones-level excitement. It doesn't deserve Indiana Jones-level excitement. This is barely an Indiana Jones film.
0: And maybe people are just tired of it, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, a lot of people love Spider-Verse, but the complaint was also, this is too long. I think people are just getting tired of it's movies that feel overly long yeah it's exhausting with this it's it, when you have something that's so generic and it's so long it's mm-hmm. just like eating a giant bowl of mac and cheese and at some point you're like yeah I'm good I I think I've had enough mac and cheese and then Disney is going like you will finish the entire Be- bowl you know and I was wondering as after I watched this film my my screening was into it
1: I, there wasn't mm-hmm. much applauding during, but I heard the comments coming out. People were excited, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't help but go, "Am I the asshole critic?"
0: But I also I think it's kind of mixed, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's been sort of mixed. A lot of people are like, "Well, I had fun with this part and this part," but yeah, it was fine. Like I've I've heard a lot of like, yeah, "It was pretty good," or like, "Well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be," you know. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I think after Crystal Skull, the expectations were low, we're so low, so there was a lot of like, "Hey, I didn't hate it." All right, and then I think there's also questions
1: of who is this movie for. Yeah. I saw a tweet going around within the last day or so somebody talking about knowing a 23-year-old who had no idea who Indiana Jones or Harrison Ford was. Mhm. It's a bit of a I I don't like saying it because it's my nostalgia. It's a bit of a relic. Yeah. You're building this purely for nostalgia purposes because you're not going to get the kids in. The, you might get a couple of, you know, the the Gen Zs, the youths in there for phoebe waller bridge this is a very old guy's rule yeah. kind of movie this and definitely you've got, feels like a
0: movie for dads
1: <laughs> yes you've got millennials will probably have a certain amount i don't i can't classify us as all yeah, i mean we're even different levels of nostalgia for the franchise there 30 year olds grew up with this Mm-hmm. gen xers were children with this so there's that level of nostalgia and then you've got the fact that harrison ford is an 80 year old
0: man who... which good i mean i'm glad we should see more diversity of ages and all that stuff I'm, on i screen. wish it were women that's great I, yeah exactly i wish we, if could we maybe would see stop... a woman over 40 in something but
1: if we would stop <laughs> shafting marion yeah. <laughs> I was with Marion keeps coming in and helping this man pick up the pieces of his shattered life and really doesn't get to do a hell of a lot. real, but...
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's like, but you know,
1: <laughs> so is this story. You know, <laughs> We can't ask for a good film. We can't exactly ask for older <laughs> female representation. Yeah, Seriously. It's product now. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. we know this it's product. Yeah. It's IP. The only reason this is getting, push to theaters is because people like indie according mm-hmm. to a study somewhere
0: along the line there was a focus people, group the algorithm determined that people might go see another indiana jones movie
1: an algorithm of 40 year olds said I, I have some nostalgia towards indie." so some 25 year old mba executive producer went let's make an indie film <laughs> having absolutely no idea what makes an indie film special. I thought the execution was terrible, but yet I can't 100% hit James Mangold on this either because he is a solid filmmaker. He's not Steven Spielberg, but he is a solid filmmaker. I think this script leaves a lot of people out to dry. This is purely a matter of producer as auteur once again. These the production companies, the production houses and this quest to capitalize on nostalgia without an understanding of what truly makes it great.
0: So many of these legacy sequels are, hey, people loved this thing from 30 or 40 years ago, and let's do it again, but now. But the problem is that even just the way we make movies is so different from 30 or 40 Mm -hmm. years ago, that it's like you lose the practical effects, you lose the way that stories were told, you lose kind of the pacing and the way characters developed and everything does be become more generic. So in an attempt to go into the past or repeat the past or do something like that, we just end up kind of doing a shallow imitation of the past. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the case with like so many of these movies. I mean, even if you look at like, you know, with Jurassic Park, you know, like Jurassic Park is one of the best movies ever made. And now we have Chris Pratt and Raptors and these things where it's like, you're trying to get the essence of a thing that is not possible to recreate. So maybe just don't try to recreate it or maybe go in a different direction with it or maybe yeah. do something else. You can, I get we're gonna be in franchise world forever and whatever IP is, it's, that's what it is now. But it's like, mm-hmm. maybe do that in a way that puts something new to it rather than kind of just generics it out and, and sort of sands off all the edges to the point where you're like, but what is this? It's just kind of nothing.
1: There's yeah we're different people than I I am a different person than I was in nineteen ninety three of course the yeah were, when Last Crusade came out mm-hmm. maybe this was maybe they yeah maybe you're exactly right they're trying to make a forty year old movie through a twenty twenty three lens yeah of course it, it's gonna it fail. just doesn't the work the CG is yeah. gonna look weird the the story's not gonna live up to it. Find a different spin. This is what it keeps coming back to. There's new ideas. There's talented young creators out there. Mm -hmm. The the lifeblood is there. These Mm -hmm. franchises have done the work. Find a new way in. Use a little creativity and find a new way into something. It would do a hell of a lot of good.
0: Well... We've, we've somehow we always end up back at the grim state of movies because it is it's a grim state of movies. Somehow we keep going, we keep seeing them, we keep talking about them. We're really into them. It's just Hollywood (laughs) that sucks, I think. Exactly. (laughs) So I think our next one, I don't know what we'll have for our next movie. We got a lot of stuff coming up, but we'll we'll talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer when, when we're able to talk about those. So if you like this episode, like comment, share, follow us on the socials links to our Indiana Jones reviews will be in the description and we will catch you in the next one. Thanks so much for watching.